Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yeah, it's got a high-res 120 hertz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard, and I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Boys. Yeah. Oh, the boys are here. They're nervous. They're calm. <laughs> Boysies. Get rarer. Why is this happening to me? Me. We're not getting Maccas and you can blame my son. <laughs> Get a few today, did you? It's great to contractually be obliged to be here. <laughs> Thank you. Is anyone going to listen to this or what? No, I actually don't know what, what happens in third grade. <laughs> you either get moved or get in the shower. Or we're throwing all your quick gear in, bro. Jamie's like, no chance I'm going to bowl you. 19th century Pax Britannica. Well, thank fuck that's over. Let's, let's call a spade a spade here, Pez. Thank fuck that's over. And the real stuff starts now, including the Big Bash, which starts today. But, of course, we are previewing Australia and South Africa. I suppose we'll review all the things that happened in Australia and West Indies, mainly the death of Test cricket. We're going to be talking about Warner's leadership ban, his subsequent statements. Dan Bredig is on the show to, to give us a bit of a state of the nation about Australian cricket. Hey, Ali Martin is on the show in Pakistan to tell us about Pakistan and England, England historically winning a series in Pakistan. India and Australian women are embroiled in a series, not just playing a series, they're embroiled in one. Bangladesh and India, Bangladesh win the series, but Ishan Kishan hits 200, as does Virat Kohli hitting 100 in a dead rubber match. This episode is brought to you by Budgie Smuggler, budgiesmuggler.com.au for all of your Christmas party needs and subsequent attire. My name is Ian Higgins. Sam Perry sits across from me. And in many ways, I from him. Pez, I just, before, actually before we get into Australia West Indies and what the fuck that was, wasn't Adelaide a great show? Mate. And I'm talking about the cricket in itself, the place to watch the cricket. Yep. But we also did a live show with Cal Ferguson there at the Hindley Street Music Hall. And it's a fucking great venue. It's a brand new venue. We were the 26th act to walk through there. Some bigger ones bef- <laughs> than us, sure. But we had we had a great laugh on a Saturday afternoon for a matinee show. Mate, sensational show. So much fun. Thank you to all the Adelaideans or wherever the fuck you came from mm-hmm. to come out and see us for the matinee, which leads you to think, ah, oh, people aren't going to be flogged. Yeah. Will they find things funny without being flogged? They right. did. Yeah. And we sort of got flogged anyway. <laughs> on stage. <laughs> Thanks to Ponting Wines. Thanks to Ponting Wines. Uh Adelaideans just know how to do cricket, generally. Mm-hmm. You know, Adel- the Adelaide Test match has worked cricket out. That is, it's not about watching the game. Not in any it's capacity. Just, it's just a meeting place yep. to watch that Civil War reenactment. 100%. And they took that spirit and that energy into our show. Yeah. I was uh, pleasantly surprised. It surpassed my expectations for how much fun it would be. Um and, uh, like, you know, you don't want to give anything away about the show. The show is a special thing in and of itself. We are, we want people to come along to get the special experience of the grade cricketer. 
But once again, bulk bulk interest in here goes liaisons with a hearing impaired or deaf woman. Bulk interest. Uh, and that was something I enjoyed. And I look at your face and I'm not sure you feel the same way about it, but I hope that you will um, permit that service to me and the rest of the uh, the people who come along. Not really, because my girlfriend and my girlfriend's dad are coming to the Melbourne show, so I don't really <laughs> want any part of that, if I'm honest. Uh, but now that it's out there, so that's going to be a thing that's going to happen every show, so that's all good. <laughs> I mean, why did you... Right. Well, you know what? If they come along and you answer the way you did in Perth, that will be a very special show. <laughs> and only people who are at Perth will understand that. Um, but but so we've, got, we've got things coming on. There are two shows sooner. in Sydney. There are one sh- there's one show in Melbourne. Those are all sold out. The only show left on our tour for Australia for the summer 22, 2023 is in Brisbane, and that is this Sunday night. That is at the Princess Theatre. In Brisbane, there's a few tickets left. You can still get them. You go to greatcricketer.com. There's a live show tab there. You know how the internet works. Go to greatcricketer.com, live show tab, do the rest. Come along. Justin Langer is going to be joining us on stage. It's going to be fun. It's a great night out. It's energy. It's vibes. It's some tunes. It's a lot of laughs. Yeah. It's not a live podcast where we just sit down and just record some stuff. Nothing is recorded. Nothing's recorded. And there's a reason for that. It's wild. It's fun. <laughs> it's loose. A couple allegations it's, floating it's around. It's fucking laughs deluxe. <laughs> deluxe. It's it, honestly, it's it's been the highlight of the summer so far. The shows, it, uh, and one hundred percent, not hard to be honest. By the, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but made good by the people who are turning up. So yeah, there's a lot of love, and it's yeah. fucking cool. Um, so the princess. Princess is it Princess Street? Am I making that up? It's print, no, the, print, the, the Princess Theatre. The Princess yeah. Theatre is named the, the venue in Brisbane. That's been has had a renovation and it's going to be fucking awesome. A, a couple of AFL players knocking about this show. That's as right. Well. So, so That's you right. know, TJC is transcending into AFL territory. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing it the other way around. Leave it. Yeah, yeah, a little drop-in show there. Uh, anyway, that's where you can get all the stuff. Of course, if you want to get our dailies for the review, uh, for the review after every day's play this Australian summer, uh, including the three test matches to come against South Africa, you can go to patreon.com forward slash great cricketer and you get the exclusive audio for those shows. And of course, uh, hashtag Ask Fridays, which is getting wilder and wilder as we go along there. Um, all right, let's talk about Australian West Indies, the second test match. Um, just some numbers. Travis Head, 175. Marnus hits 163. He gets 502 runs for the series. That's a record for Australia, I think. Lyon gets the most wickets in Adelaide. Boland takes three wickets in over. He's bringing electricity. Thank fuck Barrel Boland is playing because he brought something to it. You know, Travis said, I mean, we love the bin lid, of course. And Marnus is doing his thing. That's all good. That's all good. Don't get me wrong. But thank fuck Scott Boland played in this game because that was electric for one over. And the rest, I'm sorry, was absolute fucking dog shit. It was one of the least competitive test matches I've seen since the Ashes last year. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I think just for the sake of, uh, like, just j- I don't know, for protocol, you've got to point to the positives. Like, Kawaja runs, Marnus runs, Smith runs, Head runs, Carey runs and gloves, yeah. Stark swinging at a pace. This is over both games. Yeah. Nisa effectiveness, Boland still averaging 10. Like, like there was so much fucking boot filling <laughs> in this series that yeah. the question was who didn't. Right. Like that's where it got to and why. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, uh, right. So now right. there's a crisis with Cam Green and David Warner. Of course. Um, Smudge got a globe. Yeah, but he got runs of the first one. So, so everyone, everyone, okay, had, sure, everyone had sure, a fucking sure. Christmas stocking. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And and Smudge filled his up. He did it in the first game. He got it done. Mm-hmm. 220 runs. Yes. 200 runs not out. Oof. Lights on and off. Yes, Goes please. To sleep. Yes, please. Green's, Green's innings uh, was strangely like te- tense and tight. Uh, yeah. He burnt Hetty mm-hmm. 
and head was head was Binlid was blowing up after even after play about the run out on mm. the ABC, mm. and I think mainly once they kind of extracted out of him, it was because he's on a WhatsApp thread with Jason Gillespie who signs off his messages 201. <laughs> and Eddie, Eddie still will have to endure that. i got to say, what I wouldn't give to have the privilege of doing that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> just receiving that message. I mean, there'd be blokes in WhatsApp groups who play a bit of fours who'd just be doing the same thing. Yeah, I'll do the same thing. I, Higgins, 37. <laughs> I sign off messages, I Higgins that's as well. Right. That's how I do it. It's a prison number. <laughs> uh, and, you know, so b- b- because Warner failed here uh, in a couple of innings, he, there's now discussion about the end. Um, I mean, it is natural, I guess. He's coming up to it, – it'll be 101 tests by the end of the series. Uh, uh, you know, it, it, I think it'll be up to him. I, I actually think he's, his batting looks okay. Maybe the feet betray him a little bit. Right. Uh, but um, – that that's how dross this series was. That it's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. who isn't doing well? Let's find something to talk about. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It was just it was just so disheartening how the first test match at Perth, the West Indies put up a really good fight in the fourth innings to bat most of that day. Sure, Australia yeah. were bowled down, but still, Brathwaite hundred. That that was yeah. good, you know. And the West Indies and the first innings as well. Like they, they batted okay first the, test. The West Indies literally won a series against England in the West Indies like mm. six months ago, a little bit more than that ago. Um, and, <laughs> you know, I th- that's that's good. Like, but just how uncompetitive this series was, it was just, it, uh, this test match especially was just fucking so disheartening um, as someone tries to blow us away uh, outside. Um, yeah, like, uh, but, but I mean, uh, I'm thinking about more positives for Australia because I'm, if I was playing the Australia team, I was like, boys, that is a great series. And of course it would be. You know, Kawaja's just gone past a thousand test runs in a calendar year. Uh, unbelievable. He's only second behind Joe Root. I think he's batted a, few, a handful of times less than Joe Root. Bairstow's also passed a thousand runs uh, in this in this calendar year as well. I mean, England have played an unbelievable amount of test matches. But, um, but uh, Get but, your milestones in, really. Oh, it's it's milestones it, deluxe. Yeah. It's, it's a milestone series. So if I'm playing the Australian team, I'm like, boys, that was so much fun. Can they mm. come back again next year? Good news. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I have to be honest, like, we've been doing these daily reviews <clears throat> and um, been hearing mainly from Indian fans saying, um, why don't you talk about India, Bangladesh? Yeah. And it's like, please let us talk about our yeah. own country just but, once. I but do, just, give you 150 but videos But in a that year. context, though, like mm. just the third test match. Yeah. No, it's just the third ODI. Don't talk about yeah. the first two where they, where they, where they yeah. beat us. Exactly. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> I, to be honest, like, I, I did have an abiding sadness throughout it all, like with the, with the Windy series. Yeah. It's nothing against the West Indies. I think there have been some very harsh comments about the West Indies in the last couple of weeks, changing where the test match should be. They shouldn't be given test status, all that kind of stuff. I, I, I just, uh, I, I don't really, you know, go down that slide, but because uh, because your angles are slides, you know what I mean? Uh, oh, I, but, see, um, I see, But I, I had a abiding sadness because I, I thought they fought well in the first test, but by, by the second, it was it was barely barely first class standard bowling. Yeah, uh, and you know, irrespective of the forces that lead them to that point, like how, like how as a fan you know are you meant to become invested in any contest that's barely an arm wrestle it mm-hmm. barely it barely got to a contest stage it's barely any any um evidence that the, the game was in any kind of flux at Ro- any point i mean Ruston chase around the wicket 10th over the test match yeah. with people i mean fucking it's, spare it's, me. it's depressing yeah it is i don't yeah. think I, I, don't, I don't really I, I don't think focus should go on the west indies because of that these are these are structural things yeah you know over a long period of time mm. and they're coming out next year you know yeah, that's yeah. even more it's even more flattening and they're going to come out next year uh when the big bash is on you know in the second half of the summer so pakistan are going to play the feature test matches mm-hmm. 
you know, which includes Boxing Day and New Year's Test and probably one before. I don't know where that one before will be. And then there's going to be two into late January. Now, they've cleared that window this time around for some Aussie players to play in the BBL. So, mm. you know, they're going to be filling up that sock again. Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, Fill up the Steve O'Keefe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know when when the BBL's on, it's 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 wrong. You know they've got it wrong, uh, but uh, you know a couple of runs knocking about. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks. So I yeah. suppose that was I suppose that was nice. It's it's interesting where I get the sense that the Australian public, or you know, I guess we are turning the attention to cricket as the well. It's actually not really getting warmer here at all. I guess it's been warm around the country, but. Uh, there's lot. There's so many conversations about what's what's wrong with cricket, you know. And I and I've sensed that there's there's different barbs or there's different theories about what is wrong with it. Um, and it seems to be challenged in perhaps the wrong directions. Like this, we we have a very different experience to the Australian public now because we just cover it 365, and so like we we see the impact of the IPL only in the last couple of years because we started following it. And um, you know where all cricket is going really, and it's and it's getting it's getting taken away from the Australian public because it's it's not our game anymore. India owns the game now. India's, well, India is in, is in control of the game now, right? And so when you look at like our our test matches are the fucking feature piece of our summer. Mm-hmm. We love the test matches, except what's happened over what would you say nearly a decade, maybe a little bit more than that, is that. All of the like the the big three countries, India, England, and Australia, have hoarded all the money to basically screw over the other nations that come out to play our Test summers, and so almost every year, except for an Ashes and an India summer for Australia, they're pretty uncompetitive because those countries have not invested any money in Test cricket because there's no money in Test cricket for them. So they go into T Twenty cricket. That's where it's all going. And then you think about okay, what about the Ashes? I mean, the Ashes last year was actually pretty grim, and the one before that was grim as well. I mean, England haven't won a Test here in what twelve years now? Haven't won a Test in twelve years. So now it's like okay, India is the big series. I mean, India have literally won the series here twice, but we don't have the same you know cultural. Um, relationship with in, uh, with India as we do England, of course. You know, South Africa is always a good series because they often win out here. Did you say they won the last two series out here? Is that right? There's some great stats knocking around with Australia South Africa. Right. Um, so that's interesting. But again, it's not the same relationship as what, you know, even the West Indies had before because of the great players that come out here and, you know, Lily and Tomo and all that stuff, that lineage that they had. South Africa, of course, got great players, but I don't know, we just don't have the same relationship with them for whatever reason. So... It's getting very confusing about when cricket is good, given that no one else really wants to play Test cricket. But That's Test right. cricket is our fuck. It's our centerpiece. Well, we can like we can um, hold on to the primacy of Australia, the Australian Test summer all we like, but n- no other country is really doing that. I mean, so what's you the know, point? Pe- people will often yeah. So who who will you play against? Yeah. And people will say, well, look, we still have England and we still have India, and that's largely true because of the resources they have. But I, I would take it a step further and have have a look at them. I mean, India announced their Test squad this week, so it's, for sure it's a good Test squad. I recognise their white ball squad more than their Test squad mm. now. You know, they have a primacy of their own domestic T Twenty competition. They have structures in place to uh, future proof for the future of the game. You know, they are going the way of T Twenty cricket. They're driving cricket it that way as they're entitled to do because they've mobilized the most eyeballs and have the most money you know that, that's mm. what the other countries did before them look at what england are doing england have um ensured that the hundred as much as it has been subject to criticism the hundred takes the main spot in their summer now and their test matches are around it look at what brendan mccullum's doing with that test side he is aligning it with white ball principles anyway mm. they know where the game is going and although it's hard and it's painful for people there 
both those countries in India and England, they are future-proofing for there. What's Australia doing to bring themselves into the future? I mean, I feel like Australia is behind. We're still clinging on like that Japanese soldier. <laughs> I don't want to go into that too much. But come to the live show for that bit. But, um, you know, Australia is holding on to something in the past and, yeah. uh, and we like it. We can go to the Adelaide Oval and have six to ten drinks, uh, yeah. as his ones want. Yeah. But, is that um, all? Yeah, and and we can pretend that it used that, that that we're living in the past, and that's great. Nostalgia's great, but no other country's doing that now, yeah. and that's where we're going to continually get summers and incidences like now uh, that that play off play out into the future until hard decisions are made mm. around this kind of stuff, and it will be painful, and it will have to be a step change, and people won't understand it. But uh, I, you know, I don't. I reject when people say, "Oh, well, at least Australia, England, and South Africa are playing Test cricket and looking after it." Those two countries, they're they're getting themselves ready for the future. They're even driving the future. Yep. I'm just not sure what Australia is doing to get themselves there. So Australia's living in the in the 90s and it's oh, look, it's a great place. Oh, nice. It was a awesome. great place. Uh, don't get me wrong. Olympics around the corner, you yeah. beauty. But so, so and, and I just think summers like now, like the, these kinds of test series mm. are just little harbingers of that. Like the, mm. the future is here. I agree. But South Africa, you know, we asked for a good opposition. Yep. Uh, now we're talking. Now this we're talking. So, so we'll see. And so let's get into a preview of Australia mm. and South Africa because this might be the last time Australia and South Africa have a great series because it's one versus two in the World Test Championship yep. table, of course. Now, we've seen the uh, Future Tours program, which comes out every cycle, and South Africa, after this, hardly play any test matches. So their test side isn't going to be as good as what it is right now. Yeah. This, 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 this may be one of the last times in the next fuck, I don't know, generation? Is that too big mm. to say that we have a great South African side coming out here? Mm. And It's already getting hollowed out. You know, exactly. Like, yeah. One v two in World Test Championship. Alphas on alphas. First test post sandpaper. Yeah, Their attack yeah. is quicker than ours, possibly better. Yes. Uh, Springfield versus Shelbyville. Oh, Sledging Manus yeah. and Africans. Yes. Gabba, the Hugh, you know, highlights of Cowan's ton. Yep. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the thing. So both attacks fucking great. Yep. Uh, but I, I think South Africa's edge is ours. Maybe not in the spin department, but Maharaj is pretty good. It's just that they're short on runs, South Africa. But here's the th- like, like if you go through it, Irvi, I think is how you say it. Yeah. Averages 28 from seven tests, one ton. Yeah. Elgar's their guy. He averages 39 from 79 tests, 13 tons. Um, he's their guy. Bavuma averages 34 from 51 tests, 100. Van der Dussen averages 32 mm-hmm. from 17 tests, zero yep. tons. Zondo averages 19 from two matches. Mm-hmm. De Bruyne averages 20 from 12. Verena averages 26 from 11. You know, even Maharaj, who can hold a blade, averages 15. Uh, but Australia's very impressionable, you know? Like if South Africa's quicks get on top of ours, mm-hmm. cat pigeon stuff, mm-hmm. you know, like, and there's South Africa rise to that. Yep. And if you look at the stats, he goes, I think since 2006 – both teams have won 11 games each, oh, two draws, yeah. and only once since 2006 has the home team won a series. Yeah, right, okay. It's away series shit. So okay. it's, fuck, it's shaping up pretty fucking nicely. And do you reckon South Africa will come out here wanting it? That's that's true. They'll come out here wanting it, and yeah. half of our commentators will describe um, Anrik Norkier as Nortje uh, <laughs> until he takes five. <laughs> the old Nokia 6210 there. <laughs> Friend of the show, Enric Nokia, yeah, Andrew Nokia. Um, so there's some there's some good shit, mate. There's some really good shit. Warner, I, I mean, their attack is sexy. Yeah, should, yeah. Should we talk? Okay, so Hazelwood's out for Brisbane. Yeah, um, possibly. I mean, given that's three tests in three weeks from here. 
possibly more, you would say, happened to him last year yeah, as well. Cummins in, is back in, in after for qu- Boxing Day. Okay, right, yeah. okay. So Cummins is back in after his little quad thingy there. Yeah. Um, are you going to go for Boland? Are you going to go for uh, the hometown boy, uh, Nisa, on the Gabba there? Boland? Yeah. I, I, I yeah. think Boland is a, a level ahead of Nisa with respect to Nisa's uh, shield record with respect to his record in the small few games he's played for Australia and with respect to the fact that it's at the Gabba. Uh, Boland has a superior record to Nisa at the Gabba uh, in terms of average. Yep. But it'll be interesting to – and I heard Ponting say this. I'm just repeating what he said. But uh, Hazelwood not playing, you know, who's the better new ball bowler uh, in that situation because Cummins has been bowling first change. Uh, you'd presume Cummins comes in and just opens right, the bowling. Should right. be good to see, but I don't know how they want to play that. Uh, I, I think that Boland averages ten in Test cricket, so give him a crack. <laughs> pretty, <laughs> pretty, pretty good, good pretty good theory, yeah. mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh no, I don't think that. Nah. Um, Stark, I guess, would have played. This would be his third Test in three weeks as well. I guess he they've had a bit of break. It's actually worked out well the West Indies series for the bowlers, given the amount of time they've had off the field. Not love, love for Stark. Nah, Starks mate. looks after his body, doesn't go to mate. the IPL. He's swinging the pink ball. He's bowling quick. He's taking wickets. Yeah, he's gone and past McDermott. And he'll probably he'll go he'll go past three hundred test wickets in this series. He's eight, yeah. eight away, seven yeah. away, something like that yeah. from three hundred test wickets. Brett Lee's next on the list of mm. all time with three hundred and ten wickets. Mm. Um, but, he, but but like you know, credit to Stark for his body being in great shape yeah. because he's actually put in the preparation for yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, JL was uh, was complimenting him on that as well. Right, doing it for Australia, and he's sw- he's swinging it about. Good on him. Um, I have got a – now, Nisa took three wickets in that second innings there, same as Boland, but um, I've just got a thing with Nisa that, like, he strikes me as a guy that is just going to be uh, an outstanding Sheffield Shield player. He's got first-class hundreds, I'm pretty sure, hundreds, yeah, plural, good, I think. That, that's he's, his advantage. He's, he's a good yeah, stick. He's a very, very good bowler. Mm. I just think he's below Boland. He may be below Jai Richardson. Well, I think a decision was made late in the game about who would play, and it was made by Alex Carey. Because Alex Carey just decided yeah, at some point yeah. I'm just going to keep up to this coach. Stumps, see you later. See you later. And it's, yeah. Nisa's just going, uh, he's, okay. Yeah. Well, okay. So, all right. He's taking catch up. He's taking yeah. catch up to the stumps as well. And he, so t- and he like, took him too. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't look great, does it? Yeah. <laughs> What's it? How, how's Nisa meant to come back from that? He was absolutely burnt him there, Gary. <laughs> buried him. Yeah. He's, um, he has, unbelievable. He's buried him. Unbelievable. And a couple of good gloves there too. Yeah. So I'm going to go for Boland as well. And that's okay. Let's talk about um, let's talk about Dave Warner's form because it's, it's been two years since a, since a Test hundred. Yeah. Um, that 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 is true. The upcoming series, uh, India and England, records not great there. Uh, it's obviously an incredibly hard place to bat in England, opening the batting anyway. Um, but his record there is bad, given that they have a guy called Stuart Broad who often comes around the wicket. And they have other good bowlers as well. India is a very hard place to play um, for all white people. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, except for Joe Root, I guess. And Steve Smith averages 75 against them. Um, but Warner's form, yes, he's played his 100th test match on Boxing mm. Day, 101st at the SCG. And in fact, in many ways, 99 at the Gabba. But uh, do you think in any way, do you think in any way he's playing for a spot? There are guys like Bancroft's doing well, and again, in the Shield, Renshaw's doing well. Uh, I s- suppose there might be some rejig. No, I don't think anyone else in this, in this current side could open the batting the way Usman was batting five and three and then opened. I don't think there's anyone else in the team. So you have to find a specialist opener. So it's mm. either, I'm thinking at the top of my head, it's going to be. It would be um, the, the Renshaw to replace yeah, Warner or Harris. Oh, yeah. so of course Marcus Harris is a reserve, reserve batter. Bat. So there you go. Yeah, uh, I think it's important to like separate a few things out, especially from my comments at the top. Like I think that if Warner was to 
make a comment today to say at the SCG will be my last test and I'll be retiring. I'd completely understand that in yeah. all of the circumstances, including including his form and um, his his performance, uh, but obviously other matters that we'll talk about soon. Uh, I would be like, I, I think it's insane that people would say that he uh, that, that the selectors will drop him. Yeah, uh, I can't say like for, for particularly for the. The guys that are waiting in the wings, they're yeah. good players, but, yeah. um, you know, it's not a bash the door down, must get no. this guy in no. at the time, like, like right now. I do understand the – I do understand people, uh, like, imagining the question of, like, well, you know, in all of the circumstances, do you take him to India where he has a very poor record – and then, in, and then England after that, which uh, has not been great for him either, particularly mm. recently mm. or in the last series there. So I understand people saying, well, what does the future look like? And there's going to be a few of these questions coming up with Aussie players because a few of them are getting on. So I get it from that standpoint, but I don't think that Warner would be in any danger of selectors saying, uh, listen, um, you are done now, Yeah. Uh, particularly given how he's been treated because I think a lot of the guys who are close to him and around that side who, who make – selections i don't think they're going to lump that on top of him as well i think mm. you know it, it's the cliche but i think he's earned the right to make a choice uh so it'll be interesting to see what his mindset is like i think lawler was talking about it uh a couple of days ago i think pete might have put it to him that 101 tests in sydney sounds pretty good and you know do you want to put you and your family and your body and mind through the rigors of basically the two toughest tours for a bat mm-hmm. and According to Lawler, his response was absolutely, and I'm not going to um, be forced by anybody else to do, uh, you know, what they want. Uh, he, he wants to go again. So he's uh, got he's uh, got 24 test hundreds. He's he's an all time great. Exactly. So um, so yeah. Uh, if he does finish up, I would hope that it would be because he's decided that's that's enough. It doesn't look like it's gone to me either. Like it doesn't look like no, it doesn't in either. the same way that other guys, especially recently, no. who does look like it's gone. Mm. The eyes have gone, or whatever. The feet have gone. It, it doesn't look like there that are to some me. Si- I see, I see some signs. Well, Mark know, Wood like, last year when it was, I mean, that's one fifty. Yeah. I mean, um, India, yeah. um, South Africa have a number of guys that can yeah. Crank I think it up they, they, they picked up some feet stuff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Just on his uh, on his laptop, it's like a Moses Spotify thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, I I, I'm, I can't remember which network it was, but uh, he he's his feet gradually just uh, not getting quite in line with the ball and mm. creating a, a little bit of extra room, yep. but. Yep. Um, and he's, you know, I think if you're 36 and someone's coming in at 140s, you know, you can understand it. And not like, you know, if you if we want to find out where he, where he is vis-a-vis pace bowling, well, chuck him in at the Gabba against Norkia and Rabada and Jansen uh, and whoever else. There's a significant, significant series and milestones coming up. I mean, I think winning the World Test Championship would be uh, a big one. And then obviously winning in England – if that's even possible for the Ashes this year, I mean, I feel like there's a sense of unfinished business with that with that stuff for us, for this Aussie squad, um, given what happened last time four years ago. Um, mm. I have a sense that would be very much on, in the mind uh, to achieve for, for him. I mean, while we're in the neighbourhood, let's just talk about lead, Warner's leadership ban now. Unless you want to talk about anything else with Australia and South Africa, I think it's going to be a fucking great series. I'm looking forward to it. We're gonna we're, and Brisbane yeah, no, Brisbane day one sold out. El- nothing else to yeah to say about that. Uh, look, we're, we're we're gonna see how much the opposition counts in terms of Australia's interest in the cricket. Given that day one sold out at the Gabba, I got a feeling it's been a pretty big 
uh, factor yep. in people's interest in the test cricket. Yeah, yeah. So. And also, I've got to say, good for Brisbane as well, because I mean, usually they start off the summer, but it's in like late November, early mm. December when people are still at work. It's just, it's mm. just getting into the window now. Mm. I mean, day one's obviously a Saturday, mm. so that, that is that is a significant factor, but it's just getting close enough to that part of the time of the year where it's like, no, nah, I can check out from work now. Mm. And if you want to come on uh, for day two, at the end of day two, <laughs> come to TJC, come to Princess Theatre, um, TJC with JL, that's going to be good fun. Um, all right, Warner's leadership band. So Warner withdrew his application to have his life ban and leadership of any Australian teams overturned. Um, so let me read an excerpt of his statement that he released. Um, in effect, council assisting, and it appears to some extent the review panel want to conduct a public trial of me and what occurred during the third test at Newlands. They want to conduct a public spectacle to, in the panel's words, have a cleansing, inverted commas. I'm not prepared for my family to be the washing machine for cricket's dirty laundry. Regrettably, I have no practical alternative at this point in time but to withdraw my application. I'm not prepared to subject my family or my teammates to further trauma and disruption by accepting a departure from the way in which my application should be dealt with pursuant to the code of conduct. Some things are more important than cricket. Since then... Um, after that manager, his manager, James Erskine, said that uh, two executives greenlit the idea for sandpaper in the dressing rooms there. Warner said that didn't happen. Steve Smith has um, ha- has come out this week and he also said outside of that, he also said that the ban is fundamentally wrong. Um, where would you like – so, I mean, a, a, a bit's happened, but I suppose it's it seems to have come to a conclusion with this, um, though given that this is the first series, Australian South Africa, first test series since sandpaper nearly five years ago, uh, that was 2018, uh, February or February or March 2018. So nearly nearly five years ago. It's um, it feels like it's it might pop up again in some press conferences, but it it does feel like it's come to a conclusion. But uh, I got to say, it's unbelievably disappointing from um, a fan's perspective that the leadership shown or the lack of leadership shown from the governing body, um, in my opinion, nears on disgraceful mm. uh, for the for the treatment of this player. I think we, we've spoken about this in the review shows, especially after day one of, I think, this second test match is when this, this came to light. Um, that, that both things can be true. I think Dave Warner's got some responsibility. Obviously, he was heavily involved in the sandpaper incident. There's no question about that. And obviously he carries the can a little bit for his behaviour on the field over the years. He has upset a lot of Australian fans for that. That Those things are true and they can be true at the same time. But if you can look at this, so as you, you look at it from 30,000 feet or whatever the saying is, the treatment of this guy to lump the entire responsibility of him on him, in my opinion, is an absolute disgrace. Um, and I have enormous sympathy for him. Because um, I think it's severely unfair, especially which is no one's no one's fault um, except for the governing body that the the captain at that time then captains this game again, and the captain I'm talking about Steve Smith said on top of that that, the, that his ban is fundamentally wrong. It's it's extremely confusing, um, but they are. <laughs> Ian Chappell has said that the governing body is protecting themselves, and uh, good on Dave Warner for basically going telling them to go and get stuffed was the quote. I think that comment that Smith made is. Um probably the most powerful and eloquent thing I've ever heard him say in public yeah, as an Australian player. Good point, and yeah. Worth, yeah. Uh, I don't think it's been reported or reflected upon enough. Mm. I, I think him captaining this game in the same week that Warner walked away from the, you know, the process, which is this word we'll get onto in a second, mm. uh, j- just, you know, it's so, it so crystallises the ridiculousness of the situation. I, I do at the same time sense that uh, the, the public is tired you know, of, of all yeah, of this yeah. and, and partly tired because they reject the binary of um, Warner as villain 
uh, and uh, sorry, let me say that again. Warner is victim and CA is villain. And I think that's fair enough as well. You know, Mm -hmm. in, (laughs) in many ways, this is coats at 10 paces. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, in <laughs> yeah. many ways. And that's okay. Like, yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. easy in media to that's frame cricket. things as, like, hero, villain, good, bad. It's not that. Mm. It is. It's cricket. Like, it's mm. that. that's Cricket Australia. That's the thing that I think turns the public off all of it. Uh, but it's, you know, who's the biggest coat? <laughs> so, like, it, you're right. Like, Warner walked away and when you say there's a conclusion to this, like, I see it as just another unseemly and disappointing episode and there'll be more. Uh, there'll, yes, there'll be right. more in this. And so, yeah. you know, when you like stepping back in five years, 10 years, 20 years, however long this is going to roll on for, it's just going to be another one where there was an opportunity, I think, to tidy things up a little bit, uh, to just um, provide a, a, a little bit of justice, albeit late, uh, to, to smooth things over, to just, just um, roll back the ridiculousness of that punishment in perpetuity for Warner, because that wasn't fair. Uh, and, this was and all yeah. about just captaining like four BBL games. Well, and and look, I've always seen that the leadership thing is something more than that. You know, it was about how the, the treatment of a great of the game, mm. although he's you know a great in character. Sure, he he carries that forever now. Yeah, you know, like regardless of whether he captains the BBL, like that that that's kind of missing the point for me. Like it's mm. he might have done a few games in the BBL or whatever, or, or for Australia. It's more like no, he he'll, he'll wear that around his neck because sandpaper is not about the the 80 grit anymore. Sandpaper is the catch-all term for, like, the ugliness of Australian cricket. Right. And I just think it is so disproportionately um, saddled on Warner. Uh, Just with this episode, uh, you know, like, uh, Nick Nick Hockley in this, like, classically muddled um, verbiage that Mm. he has when he speaks, uh, said it was – said CA – you know, so so, sorry, let me take a step back. What happened was – the independent commission that was um, uh, sourced by Cricket Australia to oversee this insisted that much of this pub- of this hearing needed to be public mm. uh, because it was a matter of public interest. Mm-hmm. Um, at the f- at the commencement of that, I thought that was ridiculous. The more I think about it, I, I think it is in the public interest. Uh, but Hockley said that, like uh, you know, CA couldn't do anything because its hands were tied um, by mandatory standards set forth by Sport Integrity Australia. You know, that it, it couldn't do anything. It wiped its hands clean. I think that's annoying people. I mean, the, the mm. SMH has come out later and said, according to multiple sources, Sport Integrity Australia does not set mandatory parameters for Cricket Australia other than to require impartiality from tribunal members. So that was wrong from Hockley. This is why, um, no, this is why no one in Australia, I think, really cares about it. Because look at this fucking muddled comms speak yeah, here. It's like yeah. you're doing my integrity that, commissions so, and stuff. And, and this, is, this is the bit I want to zero in on. You know, like, so... What, like why you know like like Hockley claims they were constrained by process like I don't um I don't believe that no I, I, I think that um I think this situation is playing out fairly close to what CA would have wanted mm-hmm. uh, you know you have to remember there's a fair amount of ill will towards Warner at Jollymont uh Yep. That's my view, you yep. know. Hockley does make reference to getting coffees with him in Tamarama and stuff. I think that's window dressing. Like, I, I think that the end, if you are sitting in Cricket Australia, I think the end outcomes from this episode are fantastic. Mm. Uh, if your aims were that Warner's leadership ban remains, that CA's hands appear clean, uh, they've achieved it by stealth. 
like you can't quite see it, but uh, you can smell the aroma of vindictiveness like, mm. a- around this stuff. I think Warner's been played. Oh, uh, oh hard. Now, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, then, and it begs this question, like, you know, what upside is there to saddling Warner with sandpaper and all it encompasses? Because right. that's the current state. According mm-hmm. to Australia, mm-hmm. sandpaper is Warner. Yeah, there's a bit of conspiracy stuff around it, but not really. Yeah, like the, the the upside to doing it is that like the the truth is that like the truth must be that more people were involved. Yeah. Uh, but if that came out, a lot of reputations are going to be damaged. Yeah, you know, and so there are a lot of interests that would prefer all of this to concentrate. On Warner, it's cleaner, it's more convenient, it's scapegoating, like writ large. And one of the most insidious things about it is I think um, while Warner has been the chief architect of his own, uh, you know, reputational difficulties with behaviour in the past, I think CA have fanned those flames with the way they've treated him. And so uh, as it stands, much of the public are like, well, Warner's – not my cup of tea anyway, so I'm fine with this. Yeah. And so this injustice will be allowed to stand. Yeah. Uh, people will then say, well, he's got his book to come out. His book, it'll be interesting to see what comes out in that book. He clearly doesn't want to burn his mates right. and people involved. Yeah. So what does he do there? They've well, called his bluff yeah. on it. Oh, exactly. So I was uh, going to say, yeah. yeah. I mean, what, what, what they've asked, I don't think he's quite Lee Harvey Oswald in the sense that he was, you know, um, a communist in the area that time. Mm. Just who, sh- who shot a president, allegedly. <laughs> I don't think he's that. <laughs> That's quite an allegation that I've just made. Um, but, Higgins uh, claims... <laughs> Warner, not Oswald. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. He goes. Wow. Big call. Because um, you know he's he's of course involved heavily in the shooting of the president. But mm. um, the president being the uh, Kookaburra Red King. <laughs> they were using a Red King. That was that was the thing people weren't talking about. It's a two piecer. Um, but they but they basically asked him just like, okay, you want the captaincy? Tell us what happened. Burn your mates. T- drag your family through this whole thing again. I mean, it's like. They've, you, you've rightly put it, they've called this bluff. I mean, they've, they've, in my opinion, completely fucked him. Um, and at the same time said, no, that wasn't us. That's actually no, their mandatory processes, uh, hands, which no, has no been pro- proven to be not true. Absolute rubbish, you know? yeah. I think it's administrative wizardry, Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah fair play. <laughs> well, I mean, I think a lot of people are putting this down to some kind of ineptitude. Mm. I think they've got the outcome they wanted mm. because it is mired in so much bureaucracy and red tape. People are busy. People have mortgages that cost a living. People people don't have time to sit down and read fucking fourteen pages from like twelve, you know, size eight print. The Warren from, Commission from Bredig, yeah, you know, who will be joining us shortly. Yeah, going oh, this is you know, this is what you need to understand about this. It's kind of like, mm. you know. Warner's made his bed here, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Dogs get fleeced. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's yeah, it. Yeah. And it's like, I just think that it's not a case of Warner victim, CA villain. Uh, but the proportions of it are so out of whack mm. and it is unfair on Warner. Mm. You know, there are others involved, mm. uh, not just in Sandpaper, but all of it. Also, the hearing was going to be, I think it was either going to be this week or the week after this test match, which makes it right close to Christmas. It was like, so leading to Boxing Day, you can imagine just like, yeah. you know, just like. <laughs> it's <laughs> a stitch up. Yeah, it's an absolute stitch up. But if you're, I mean, let, let's go from the other side. If you're CA as well, you're like, maybe you'll be like, well, hang on, he hates us. He yeah. hates us deluxe. Yeah. Uh, why would we, um, you know, remove that punishment uh, and give him that reward of 
being able to lead and the reputational uplift uh, and the admission of um, mistake when mm. he has threatened to burn us all anyway. You know, so because they are, well, if they, they have been at loggerheads for years. Yes, yeah, for sure. You know, yeah, Warner yeah. and CA. Right, right, right. So if he if they give him this this carrot, mm. is he less likely to then go on and say yeah. like they might make a calculation? No, he's going to do it anyway. Yeah. I'm so gonna, yeah, maybe that's the truth. Yeah, maybe. So oh, you know, no, we figured it out. That's so, good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it just it just goes to show what a um, deplorable mess the entire thing is, and that like it really reflects on. A, you know, and this is the conclusion that like long staff came to, albeit possibly on the field, that it's a win at all cost attitude, but it's a win at all cost attitude in terms of self preservation too. Yeah. You know, everyone will burn anyone, like everyone. Mm. The, the, the only person, as far as I can see, who's come out looking good out of this is the is the story that emerges that Kawaja said we should all put our hands up, you know, mm. and 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 uh, and say it was all of us. They can't fire all of us. Mm. Like, okay, it's a bit pragmatic, but it's kind of true too. Mm. Yeah, it's really, it's really disappointing. I mean, we said literally said this at the time, like now four years ago, that the original, the original punishments <laughs> were so disproportionate to anything that was even conceivable at the time, including the opposition captain at the time, Fatou Plessis. What a mess. unbelievable fucking mess. And I worry about it, mate. I, I worry about it. For, I mean, you're right. Like, CA probably got the result they wanted, but I worry about it in the sense of, mate, look at look what's happening to cricket and all the changes that are going to need to happen and, like, the bold leadership needed to take the direction of the cricket um, in this country in the way that's going to um, hold us in good stead for years to come, given all the changes and all the economic stresses, mm. um, not just within cricket, but globally happening in the moment and will be for the next decade. And I worry, like, are these the people to fucking steer the ship when they're, like... When this is going on, they've handled this so poorly for nearly half a decade now. I don't know, man. I worry about it. Good chance to bring in Bredig because there is a new leader about. All right. Here he is. Here's DB. They're nervous. We are with the chief cricket writer from the age, Dan Bredig. Brett Tig is what we call him. <laughs> yeah. I think does the best journalism in cricket in Australia. If you want hard cricket fucking knowledge, Bredig's your guy. He's a chief cricket writer for the age. So, Bredig, welcome to the great cricketer in person. Fantastic to be here, guys, on a beautiful summer's day. Yeah, it's absolutely mm. fucking shitting down outside in Melbourne at about 15 degrees, we'd say. Max. Yeah. Yeah. Max. Uh, we got you in, Bredig, for a bit of Cricket Australia State of the Nation gear because you follow this shit night and day, 24-7, 365. Um, Cricket Australia has a new chair. 
Mike Baird. Uh, he kind of looks like Mike Brady, actually, now that I say that. but um, <laughs> It does a little bit, actually. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's replaced Dr. Lachlan Henderson, uh, who has moved on because he's got a gig in WA. Does that deserve further scrutiny, by the way? Just like Guy just moving on. Um, and also, who is Mike Baird? Um, and uh, does the national club president have any influence over anything in cricket? That's a good question to start with. But uh, first thing I'll say is uh, Lachlan Henderson is still the chair until February. There'll be, there's a handover at the moment. Baird will will basically become the chair at the end of their next regular board meeting in February, uh, which means that Henderson is technically still in the chair where, while they do the broadcast rights, which is pretty important. Mm. Um, and, uh, yeah, in terms of Henderson taking another job, he had been the CEO of Epworth Health based in Richmond. Um, he's taken the job as CEO of HBF, which is based in Perth. And it had actually been a long saga getting him to the point where he was chair in the first place on the basis that he was a CEO of a major company he was too busy, which is often what you find with the directors of Cricket Australia since they moved to an independent board and corporates. Similarly, Mike Baird, former Premier of New South Wales, which is you know really his claim to fame, uh, he had to go and talk to uh, Hammond Health, which is the... Uh, the, uh, basically the aged care and charity organisation that he is the CEO of, to try to get enough time to do the Cricket Australia role. And that was one of the big kind of discussions he had to have before it all came out during or on the final day of the Test match. Is he going to be able to do anything like, like once he becomes chair? Sorry, I don't know he's not chair till, till February then. So what, 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 what's Baird going to bring? What's he about? Well, anyone who's been the Premier of a state is probably pretty good at being the public face of any kind of organising body. Um, I think you'll find as chair he will talk a lot in the public. He will talk more in the public than any chair of Cricket Australia in quite a while. Probably the last one who had even close to a public-facing role was Wally Edwards, the former WA opening bat who was, who was chair uh, for a few years, um, a bit under a decade ago now. Uh, but, yeah... Mike Baird's got lots of polish in that regard. He's got all the polish that Nick Hockley doesn't have, the CEO. So I think you'll find that uh, when issues come up, as they undoubtedly will, he will be talking a lot about them in public and putting that sort of public leadership face to Cricket Australia. Equally, he's going to be doing a lot of work in terms of relationships, management of, um, you know, like he will come in and the broadcast deal will already be signed. So he's going to be dealing with if it's if they're still with seven, he's dealing with Kerry Stokes. If it's if it's Foxtel, Patrick Delaney, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So Peter Costello, if it's nine. So um, that relationship building is important, and of course, as a former premier, he's already got a lot of those. So, um, Brady, treat me treat me as if I'm just some guy from the internet, <clears throat> and I just go to the games. You're saying you're not. <laughs> so I just go to the game sometimes. I don't really care who the chairman is. Should I care? Should, should I care about who is um, liaising with the media or like, like I just go to the game sometimes and I might watch a couple of big bash games. Like, sh- should I care about this? Well, at the top level, they're making decisions that are going to affect where the games are played, how much you pay for a ticket, how many games are on free-to-air TV or behind a paywall and where Australia is touring overseas, how often they're doing it, and who they're playing cricket against. So That seems if, quite important. If you think of it in those terms, mm. it's usually important for well, what they used to say was the man on the street, the man or the woman on the street. Mm. 
So is there, is the appointment uh, or the ascension of Mike Baird uh, indicative of any particular direction Cricket Australia wants to go apart from being able to arrange words in a coherent manner? Uh, so like <laughs> A guy that can talk a bit. You know, for for example, the, some of the big ticket issues hovering over Cricket Australia are the media rights as well as questions over the, the privatisation of the BBL, etc. Does, does the appointment of Baird signal any particular direction? Do you think he will be um, keen to take it in any particular direction? I think a big giveaway and, you know, these things can sometimes be buried in documents that only people with jobs like mine can see um, or have time to actually be bothered to read. Uh, the Cricket Australia strategy that Baird had some input in as a Cricket Australia board director um, was released earlier this year. And there's a key paragraph in a lot of, you know, managerese jargon kind of stuff um, about diversifying revenue streams and sustainability of the game in a financial sense. Mm -hmm. And that's essentially coded for exploring privatisation. And so that is going to be a big conversation. Uh, I think there's still a huge range of views on it and there are a couple of states who are absolutely completely opposed to it. There'd be several Cricket Australia board directors who are opposed to it pretty strongly. Um, but the link between the broadcast rights and privatisation is if Cricket Australia doesn't get enough money out of this broadcast deal to invest in the areas that it wants to invest in to pay the players more as has been pretty well documented they're going to need to, particularly in the Big Bash, to be competitive with other T20 leagues. Yeah, if they don't get enough money out of the broadcast deal to service all that stuff, then they're going to have to look at, uh, yeah, raising some capital in other ways. Let me ask you a big question, DB. Like, like the are, are things good? Are things, are things good at the moment? Like, because... All the stories, all the news is about it's it's all negative, and I know that sells. You know that sells more. And that's maybe that's always the case. Even when Australia were like the best team ever, like we were like, yeah, but do we like them as blokes? You know, so maybe that's always the case. But just get a sense of like you know, a players off the team. What's happening with Langer, the Warner leadership stuff? Um, no one's turning up to the Big Bash. The Big Bash is shit. Um, but like you know, the West Indies are bad at cricket. Uh, what does any of this mean? Like a T Twenty cricket? What does Test cricket mean? These are just some of the conversations I have this morning to myself right. in the shower. I love it. You're like, the media is always talking about this, but like when we talk about it, it's just a couple of blokes knocking around. <laughs> no, no, mm. one, uh, yeah, it's fine. Um, Tweeting it to your own alternative account. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, to my to my bone burner accounts. Yeah. So, a big question, but like, are things good? <laughs> are things good? I don't think things are as bad as you would think if you read the comments under some of the newspaper articles we write, okay. or some of the tweets under some of the newspaper articles that are. Uh, tweeted or put on social media mm. um, but I do think that Cricket Australia has had an issue and it's not a new issue I think it's been in place basically since the ball tampering scandal in 2018 oh, or even the that, MO yeah. or even the MOU before that the pay deal that went you know pretty um, yeah. you know, pretty ugly fashion yeah. and the players being out of contract for a month they've kind of been in reactive mode ever since then they've been playing defense as you know Sam as a communications professional <laughs> would know um, and yeah, they are trying somehow to get on the front foot and in the case of going to a chair who is going to be pretty good at articulating where cricket's going and wanting to go, that is a chance to turn those tables a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think things are probably uh, better on the whole and if you look at things, empirical measures of Australian cricket, like the broadcast audiences, mm -hmm. like... Um, you know, the record of the men's and women's teams in recent times, all of those empirical measures as opposed to 
comments that you're reading anecdotally, um, yeah, things are better than they uh, than they may seem. Just just on that point, sorry, Pez. Like just on that point, it was I saw a tweet of yours which was like I think eighty five, eighty six thousand people turn up to Adelaide Oval, right? And the previous two times the West Indies have been out here for Test matches uh, in Adelaide, it was like it, it was like twenty thousand people more or something, wasn't it? It was twenty thousand people more this time. Yes, this time. Yes, 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 yes and yes, and yes. and that is, uh, you know, that is a product of uh, the Out stadium the redevelopment. <laughs> well, the, well, the stadium redevelopment, the expansion of the membership that they have, and right. the use of Out the Back or the Village Green, whatever you want to call Out the Back, as a real, um, yeah, as a selling point, and yeah. also for, and I think this is actually something that probably should be a broader conversation. People need the chance to consume Test cricket in a way where they're not consuming it like footy. Like they need, you need space to move around, have different experiences exactly. across a day. Don't be stuck in the same seat Love for it. six hours. Perfect. Yep. And that's what Adelaide has got right. Mm-hmm. Sydney does it to a degree with the SCG. The way that um, the way that that is arrayed, although that's you know it's uh, in both cases Adelaide and Sydney, it's only for the members, so mm. that's probably not. And oysters debate. as well now. The SCG, so that's well, good news. There mm. you go. Um, but the, the absence <laughs> of that was really felt. <laughs> the absence of that was really felt in Perth during the first test against the West Indies because it's a footy stadium. You yeah. either sit in your seat or you go to get a drink where you can't really watch the cricket from. Right. And then you have to go back to your seat. Right, okay. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Mike Baird is from New South Wales. Cricket Australia is in Jollymont. There always seems to be a, a like an unspoken, uh, you know, antagonism between New South Wales and other states, particularly in Victoria, where we're always fanning the flames of some AFL stuff there. Like what does the appointment of Mike Baird mean vis-a-vis the uh, grip of AFL <laughs> in, in, in Cricket Australia thinking, or is it broader than that? I think he will definitely bring a different mindset in terms of how conscious he is of AFL being in Sydney and seeing things through a different AKA lens. AKA not at all. <laughs> yeah, well, might have gone Can to the Swans game, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll have to check the photo archive, see, mm. see if he'd been to one. But um, no, I, I think the, the, main, um, the main difference is going to be um, that uh, he has managed to, um, since he's been on the board, convince the other directors who are from all around the country and all the state associations, not just Cricket New South Wales um, or Queensland, the other you know rugby rugby league state, um, that uh, he is his own man. He's not someone who's coming to um, put the Cricket New South Wales agenda onto the national stage. Um, he's going to work with people, build consensus, find a shared path forward and... Honestly, I think that would would have been in terms of the I suppose you say the cricket politics um, to this. That was difficult. That that took quite a bit of ability on his part as a politician, literally, to um, to win over a pretty diverse bunch of people in terms of their ideas and their views of what who should lead cricket Australia relative to you know agendas either actual or perceived. Oh, uh, so. Brettig, um, s- selling the game to broadcast uh, both like linear and digital essentially funds the game, right? Fun- funds the majority of the game. Um, the current deal concludes next year, is that right? And and then parties are currently bidding for the deal after that. So what do we know about where it currently sits? And maybe because it can be a very like uh, industry jargon type of uh, question, put it in that in like he goes terms like what 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 might that mean put for it in great terms <laughs> <laughs> what might it mean for the fans you know where where cricket turns up next and where you watch it well in terms of um i suppose you'd say the bidding for it the the, the competition for it the leading bid at least initially was 
10 Paramount. So 10 obviously have a free-to-air network. They also Who have, led it last time, right, about this time? Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Who had a um, – uh, well, what they didn't have last time but now do have with Paramount is, a, is an established streaming service. So they have a pay arm and a free arm. And, uh, yeah, if they were to get everything, you would be watching a combination of cricket on 10, the free-to-air network, and on Paramount sports streaming mm-hmm. um and that would be the that would be the mix uh in the last week or two that bidding has closed up because fox and seven who are obviously the current partners um have pushed back said you know we can pay this amount and by the way um you know we uh we're backing ourselves in as having greater reach a bit bigger audience particularly in free-to-air terms there's a view that you know seven and nine are the two major uh, free-to-air networks and that and that 10 runs a runs a distant third um, but the counter to that of course is that there have been numerous times in um, recent history where uh, when 10 get a good property they actually close that gap so when they had the AFL they close that gap when they had the big bash league they close that gap mm. another one that people forget about is when they had the Simpsons mm. they close that gap Hell and that yeah. was huge Hell yeah that was I thought they did the Simpsons very well, Channel yeah. Ten. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> sort of Bert Newton throwing it, up, throwing yeah. it over to yeah. it there. Yeah. Tim Webster after sort of sports tonight. Yeah. 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 So honestly, Simpsons the, the neighbours. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so so yeah, you could you could be uh, you could be watching <laughs> cricket on free and on streaming, you know, um, on a completely different um, network. You could be seeing more or less the same arrangement as you have at the moment. But mm. then the other debate obviously within that is whether say men's white ball cricket stays behind a paywall which you know has obviously been a pretty tetchy issue for a lot of people since 2018 how much how much bunts we talking here for these kind of rights how much skrill are we talking mm. how much cabbage how much cabbage <laughs> sheets yeah tell me tell me about sheets or at sheets wise yeah, yeah. sheets uh, um i've we believe, and when I say we believe, um, uh, Zoe, Zoe, Sa- Zoe Samios, uh, the the media reporter at the Age and the Herald, is a terrific reporter, and been working with her on this on this story. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, we believe that the the the, um, that the value is is somewhere in the like the low two hundreds two hundreds of millions a season, okay. um, as opposed to the previous deal being um, around a bit over one ninety million a okay. season. So it's not a huge uplift at the moment. Mm. And obviously, the hope of Cricket Australia is that the more competitive it gets, the more money the ultimately winning bidder is going to throw in and try to get that deal a bit further. There's also talk that this deal will be for seven years, which obviously provides more certainty over how much money's coming in over a longer period of time. Right. right. Okay. Can you run us through what CA would consider in terms of the question of uh, cricket behind a paywall? I mean, put in very crass terms, you put it behind a paywall, fewer people see the game, which has an impact to um, you know awareness and profits etc and growth of the game but by the same token that uh that paywall organization also has a lot of bunts uh and and so you know as we've seen with england uh going behind the paywall there as well they there's a trade-off you know you get paid heaps of bunts fewer people see the game do you have any sense of how ca are viewing that arrangement how do you think fox has performed uh and i say that obviously because you know I just wanted to say this, you know, um, the age is owned by nine papers, channel nine. (laughs) Publishers of this masthead. Yeah, whatever. Uh, So um, the big, you know, the, 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 the debate, the conflict always is, is money versus audience reach. 
And in the case of Fox, obviously they are paying the majority of the existing deal relative to Seven and they also know that as a matter of course, they put um, cricket on the TV, it's the biggest thing that Fox have going by a mile. Um, that mm. being said, at the absolute peak of audience that they can get, they get, um, and I think this was during the uh, India-Australia series a couple of years ago, if you combine the streaming on KO and the linear or the Foxtel um, uh, portion of it, the best I think they got was about was a bit over 600,000, which is huge numbers for Foxtel. Mm. But uh, if you put that match, you know, pro- uh, saying, saying it's an Australian men's um, one-day match, for instance, or, or T20 International, for instance, you could be getting 1.3, 1.4, 1.5 if you open that up to free. And one of the things that Fox and Seven don't have at the moment is the arrangement that the ECB have, um, or well, they don't have it, but Sky has it with Channel Four. Where if there's a significantly big event that England are playing in, say a World Cup final or a critical Test match, last day of an Ashes series, something like that, they can make a, an agreement to put that on Channel Four to make it free to a much bigger audience mm. and that's the other thing that if you go to a provider who's got both a free arm and a streaming arm you can move content from one to the other during the deal and that's not something that's been able to happen in the past five years mm. they did that recently the, the channel four have a game recently they have a day's it's play a couple of times uh, they, they had yeah. they had the uh, the t20 world cup final right? yeah right that was it Bredig, thank you so much for giving us the uh, the hardcore information around some of this gear, which we just tend to put in grade terms in uh, with very loose accuracy. So appreciate <laughs> appreciate you coming in, Matt. Now you've got to go to Ballarat now. We'll see you up in Brisbane. Excellent. Thank you very much to Daniel Bredig. Um, hey, mate, the Big Bash starts today. Yoo-hoo! <laughs> Woo! Speaking of the future, yeah, the big one. Uh, I, can, I can hear people waving their flags and putting in their guernseys as we speak. It's Sydney Thunder, Melbourne Stars in Canberra. Yes. Oh, yeah. Monica Oval, the big place to kick off the Big Bash League. The Big Bash League. Oh, people would just be emptying their buckets of KFC and just banging it on the, on the, on the, old, on the old bonce there. Stick on the old is, bonce. Isn't the name even funny? Like he's in the name. Big sorry. Bash League. Yeah, like, like it's it's so. It, it, I know it's designed for children, but it's like it's so juvenile. Mm. It, you know, it should change. Really, I mean, like, let's go right from the start. The name's wrong. Uh, look, I want to be. I want to be <laughs> up for this because it we're sort of we're post COVID. Yeah. There, there, there are a few excuses around. There's now some proper forces pushing the importance of domestic franchise cricket. They have this golden goose there, and. You know, a couple of the teams have some good players knocking around mm-hmm. that could be good. Like Hobart Hurricanes under Ponting. Yeah. That's a fucking good side. You, mm-hmm. Look, they've got the Pakistani stuff. Asif Ali, Shadab Khan. That's what you need. That's what you need. He's got in Zach Crawley. Great to watch. Jimmy Neesham. Nathan Ellis, Ben McDermott, Riley Meredith, Wadey, Tim David. Fuck, that's good. It's a good. fucking good team. Fuck, that's good. Uh, so, you know, they're like that. And, and Ponting being about gives it some credibility. Yeah. Just gives it a little bit yeah, of gravitas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Heat have Bilbo. You know, like the Stars lost Maxi. Uh, sixes, sixes are always good. It's interesting players coming through like Todd Murphy there. Mate, Sydney, Trent, Trent Bolt's playing for the Stars. Sydney Thunder's got Alex Howes captaining, I think. Yeah. World is Cup he captain, winner? Is he? Right, yeah. yeah. Uh, Sanger's captaining. Sanger's ca- they, they went through that because Warner um, pulled out. 
They announced. Uh, sorry, yeah. I'm thinking about I'm thinking about saying Stoinis and Hales holding the trophy. Oh right, um, right, right. but neither of those are captain because Adam Zampa's the new captain of the Stars. He'd be the first leg spinning captain of that team since uh, Richie Benno since since, uh, since SK mm. the King. Uh, since yeah. Richie Benno. <laughs> Fuck, Adelaide's, Benno would have been good at the Big Bash. Adelaide's, yeah. Deep V, a deep V. Fucking hell, yeah. He would have sold it. Adelaide Strikers, they've got, uh, you know, Colin de Grano, uh, yep. Linny. But, they, you know, they've got, like, Wes Agar and Harry Conway. Yeah, okay. Uh, a couple of roosters they're there. They're fun, Rashid Khan. Uh, it, you know, I, I think that's what annoys people about the BBL. You can see it. You can see it. It's so close to being good. I, it's close. I haven't gone through the squads, but you've just named some teams that it's actually fucking good. Yeah, some that's good actually, players. That's actually, that's actually seriously little, good. A little bit more, um, uh, what's the word, like literacy around T20 cricket in Australia following the World Cup. Yeah. Tim, da- you know, Tim David's been in the BBL for a while. No one's had a fucking clue who the yeah, bloke yeah. is. And yeah. now it's like, oh, fucking TD. Yeah. It, is, it is funny. Like Joffre played a number of years in, at Hobart yeah. and was like, never heard of that's him. That's Australia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I, w- I want to be up on it. You yeah. know, I think there's been a bit of – um, bit of chat about potentially uh, lessening the number of games, yeah. particularly with a new media rights deal, which we've already spoken to Dan about. Slashing uh, about as many as 20 games from it. Yeah, but it, I guess it depends on what the TV uh, networks pitch. Mm. But I just, uh, you know, this is, I want I want to be uh, bullish on the BBL, mm. want it to be good. Uh, and I, I see glimpses. Well, Smith um, is playing for the Sixers for four games for 250K. Uh, Warner's playing the same map for 300K. So, um, oh. you know. But, you know, I've got to say, at least they're playing. That's a, at that's least, a win to Smith, I least, thought. <laughs> least, yeah, well, yeah, that's a good mm. point, yeah. Warner, Warner fucking stitched up again. Yeah. <laughs> Warner <laughs> probably like 12, like 12 years in the IPL and yeah. won the thing. Yeah. Smash barely gets a game. Oh, okay. Yeah, exactly. Just the same coin. Yeah. Oh, well, he's best batter in the world. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, a couple of the Aussie guys are coming back. There's, there's, oh, there's oh, I want to be up on it. Something there. There's something, there's something there. It is amazing that Australia has the shortest cricketing window in the entire globe. Mm. Like you can't, longer term, you can't have the test team, the test summer and the BBL running at the same time. That's right. Can't, you can't have it. Mm. Okay. That's what it is right now. It is what it is. But some of the guys are playing some games. That's good. Mm. That is good. And look at the teams that are playing. The overseas guys, they're here as well. Yeah. It's going to get eaten into because of the Dubai League and the South African League and the UAE League. I think Qatar's got a thing going on. What's, what's Oman doing? It's so funny, mate, isn't it? It's like, and if you look at the World Cup this year, you're like, you know, you don't envy being Nick Cockley. It's like, which format has to play cricket when we're all caring about 2K time trials yeah. post AFL season? Yeah. Like, you know, like the great yeah. secret of Australia and its love affair with cricket and fucking, you know, the ABC PO box being nine 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 four. Right, is that there's six weeks <laughs> we get into it max. <laughs> you know, and like even who's out here? Windies, yeah, Windies, yeah, so yeah, exactly. And it's only fucking three teams in the correct conditions. It's got to be doing a bit, but yeah. not too much. SCG wickets dog shit, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, so that's the BBL. Okay, Pakistan and England is coming up. But before then, do you want to talk to – we're talking to Ali Martin, who's in Pakistan. Yeah, it's been a historic yeah. series. It's been an amazing series. Both of those test matches have been fucking unbelievable. Yes. But let's talk about Budgie Smuggler. It's budgiesmuggler.com.au. That is Budgie, reference. We're, we're, we're getting into Christmas kit. And I understand that Budgie Smuggler are going to be collating a bit of a peasant Higos collection as well. We've made Finally. a couple of choices Finally. of some stuff that we will be kidding around in. We're going to get this on on the show. But it's a, it might be the TGC collection. Just waiting for the green light on that. Uh, Do you want to talk about Alex Carey? Uh, in Smugglers? Well, 
I'm not sure what he's wearing um, these days. Right. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'm not sure what he's wearing these days. But, but it I came know to our he, attention. I, I know he's kitting around in some mm. smugglers. Mm. Uh, so um, and 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 some and some smugglers that you might recognise. But I'm not sure if he's doing that these days. Now I don't want to break the fourth wall too much. But hey, now that I've said that, I can. Um, when we're at the back of Adelaide, and that's just the only place you watch the cricket. Not actually on the field. Not mm. anywhere near the field. You go out the back. Mm. Uh, unbelievable. That is that is number one in the world for me, mm. I think, and we've been fortunate enough to go to some places, but that's number one in the world to watch your cricket, and by that I mean not watch and just drink. Mm. Um, but uh, I ran into Alex Kerry's brother uh, <laughs> out <laughs> the did. back and had a, had a really nice, lovely chat. He's a really nice guy. And what gave it away, first thing he came over, and of course we have to comment on someone's appearance straight away, came over and he said, G'day boys, I, I love your work, whatever. And, he, and we said, you got lovely eyes. Yeah. And then and a few skin. minutes later he's like, yeah. And then a few minutes later he's like, oh, I'm Alex Carey's brother. And he's like, oh, well, there it is. Make, there it is. Lovely eyes. Makes full sense now. Make complete sense. And, you know, and I a smile. I don't even need to see a birth certificate, which is what I usually ask for in mm. that situation, but I just believed it because of the eyes. Deep, deep blue. Beautiful, uh, beautiful energy, those Carey brothers. They're, beautiful. Yeah. They have a beautiful, serene energy to them. I felt very relaxed. Mm. Yeah. He may have put something in my tree. It was two choices. It's either the energy of the family or Rufy's. Different to Rufus, who I'm saying this Friday. Looking forward to that. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, anyway, but we've seen Alex Carey um, actually getting around in the, oh, was it the all-time alphas? Or was it, it was great, great rigs. It was the great rigs is what he was wearing. Uh, the, uh, the budgie smuggler, the great rigs. TJC's first or second pair of, uh, of patchwork that we did, which feature him. We also saw Scott Boland actually getting the rub down wearing his own Scott Boland budgie smugglers. We saw that. I think Usman might have put that on his Instagram story. Scott getting mm. the rub rub down uh, after after a session. Yeah, I think they might have. Um, I think the Aussie team might have created their own custom design. Uh, uh, that custom design. So, so okay. the, the Aussie team are going customs uh, yeah, for okay. budgie smuggler. We've seen, we've seen Ben Stokes in uh, smuggling. Yep. Um, in the past. Yep. Oh look, you know. Athlete-driven content is basically ruling the roost across the world. And if that's if that's your want, that's yes. your need, yeah. Yeah. then look at what's happening in cricket. Yeah, that, all they do is get around budgie smugglers, and that's all we do. And we do that specifically by going to budgiesmuggler.com. Uh, T20 stars, pairs in that theme, it just says straight here on the website, cricket for everyone. Isn't that nice? Cricket mm. for everyone. And you can get all your, star, all your, all your stars. You can get all your stars and all your Melbourne kids stars. at t20stars.com. Uh, now let me get me let me let me get me code up here, Pez. So you can get uh, use the code TGC fifteen for fifteen percent off all the full T twenty stars range. We said this last week, but we get we get great features on this website, mate. T twenty starscom great features. We obviously did a little review there. You got an online gear selector, unbeatable service, free and quick delivery, one hundred percent money back guarantee, Pez. One hundred percent money back guarantee. But you won't even need that, Pez. You won't even need it because you have got the gear selector there. What do want to give a little bit of gear selecting? Uh, you know, as featured on The Grey Cricketer, Daily Telegraph, heraldsunnews.com.au, whatever you want. We've said this before, Watto's got his mitts all over these bad boys. All over these bad boys. Ready to be every bowler's worst nightmare, says Watto. That's a direct quote from the website, t20stars.com. Oh, it's good kit. It's the best kit. It's good gear. t20stars.com. Use the code TGC15 for 15% off the full T20 Stars range. All right, let's talk to Ali Martin in Pakistan. Sister of the bride knocks on the door of the groom the night before the wedding. Fuck me. The night before the wedding. Fuck me. She opens the door. What does she see? She sees the groom to be 
breastfeeding on his own mother. That's what I said. And I said, why do they call off the wedding? Chief cricket correspondent at The Guardian, Ali Martin, general big dog, connoisseur, king, um, dad. George uh, <laughs> <laughs> is on the great cricketer again. He's live in Pakistan. Um, Ali, what have England done? Well, they've done, uh, they've, done, they've done what no one really expects us to be honest. England had only ever won two test matches in their entire history in Pakistan. Nicked a couple of one-nil series wins, which um, I know is the Australian method, but um, this, this time, this this time around, um, they've come here, and uh, you'd have to say with a team that, that doesn't act, actually have all bases covered, they've thrown absolutely everything at it, pretty much in in the mould of their uh, their captain, the image of their captain Ben Stokes, um, and they've come away well. They're two-nil up with one to play, which um, which is a, you know incredible scenes really. There's just match winners. Now from one to eleven, and I know this guy's this guy's sort of barely the story, though he's just so consistent. Jimmy Anderson, like I mean, first of all, that that ball to Rizwan is just pure sex. Um, mm-hmm. so there's that, but he's now averaging like twenty in the last fifteen years or whatever. He just strikes me as a guy who's like he's like Ronaldo esque, and like he's just he's just fit, and he's like to to be that fit and to be that flexible, like that's that's diet, that's training, that's committing his entire life to this sport, and. I think he's going to play for another 10 years, but um, he seems to be like only like another small part in this broader story of just match winners fucking everywhere, Ali. Yeah, I mean, his, Jimmy's appetite is is incredible. And I think you're right to touch on the fitness there because obviously we see the end products out on the field, but what we don't, the muscle starts to waste away and you have to, you have to find ways to compensate. But he's also, I mean, he's got himself out there. The closest I can think of that I've seen is probably the, the sort of latter-day Richard Hadley and the way that he's paired everything back. It's the now the most smooth, refined bowling action. And and it's just so repetitive. And it, 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 I'm not saying it doesn't take anything out of his body because you can see that it's, you know, you can see they're all absolutely knackered by the end of that test win. But um, the way Jimmy's just got himself in such an efficient machine now and the skills, I mean, he's it's, it's incredible, really, because people talk about, you know, a guy that's a bit of a home track bully. He loves the clouds and what have you. These, these pitches are not Jimmy Anderson pitches. And there he is getting, getting one to move away from Rizwan. I mean, that, that is, the guy's taken, what, 670 wickets. That is right up there with one of the best balls he's ever bowled. Ali, uh, only a year ago, even less, England were bottom of the pile uh, playing some turgid cricket and getting demolished by Australia. 
Uh, and obviously Australia goes to bed on that. We won't wake up until we play use again. But um, since then, largely under the same group of players, but just with a new captain and coach, they are playing cricket that nobody has ever seen before and achieving results that are in many cases are record breaking in an entertaining and compelling way. Uh, are they the best team in world cricket? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that because, um, you know, there's, they've probably got a few more challenges to sink off before you can say that in test cricket. But um, you've got to say that with English cricket holding, you know, the men's 50 over World Cup, uh, now the T20 World the bloodletting that we had last year, the, the mass sackings and the, the high performance review. Well, this is, this is starting to sound like high performance to me. Um, and, and yeah, and it, and it really is, I think in terms of the test team, it says a lot about the power of the mind. Um, we go into, you know, we sometimes get accused of talking psycho babble and trying to read too much into it. But this is effectively the same set of players. I remember when I was speaking to you guys this time last year and you said to me, yeah, England problems, uh, you know, are they, are they systemic or is this a, a management issue. I, I, at the time, I diagnosed it as both, but it just goes to show that with fresh leadership, fresh energy, fresh messaging, um, a captain like Ben Stokes and a, and, a, and a head coach like Brendan McCullum, which is it's a, it's a pretty typical English story in that it, sometimes it needs an outsider to come in and kind of free people up and open their minds and, and stop thinking negatively. Um, but but you, you can you can see the effect that it's had because um, you know they it's it's not it's not just results. It's the way they're doing it. Um, and I, I still, I mean, it was it was a remarkable win yesterday in Multan, but that first test, to, to see an English side attack a, a pitch like that, they could have really hit that test with such negative energy, thinking there's nothing we can get out of this. We can't take 20 wickets. All we can do really here is, is, is cling on and try and dig in for the draw. Well, they absolutely attacked that match with the bat. That opened up the canvas at the back end of the game, but, but because it's so quickly... And as I say, I don't know if it's, probably, it's that line from the usual suspects or is it the greatest trick the devil ever played. Well, Ben Stokes has managed to convince a group of English fast mediums that they can dwell on these surfaces. And that that is is quite a remarkable achievement, to be honest. I, I, um, I've actually been really, really impressed with what I've seen of Ollie Pope's keeping. I've never seen him keep before. I know folks is number one keeper. I know they've been saying like, no, he is still the number one, but the balance of the side. But I just wonder, like some of the catches that he's taken – I know he took two good catches in this game, you know, down the leg side, but there was, there was a couple where like he has to be standing so close to the stumps, though not up to the stumps. Some of those reflex catches are actually remarkable. I don't know how, people how, how hard it is to catch it that close to the stumps, but is he in any way going to usurp Ben folks? Do you think maybe in the England summer, like can, can they get a better balanced squad without folks? If he's going to keep as well as what he has done so far? Um, I'd, I'd be surprised on that front, but only partly because of his own sort of designs on that number three slot, which is which is unfamiliar territory as well. So, I, I mean, certainly huge kudos to Ollie Pope for but taking on two challenges at the same time. Hmm. Um, but but I, I would say that actually the, the kind of the, the question mark we're looking at now is probably caused by the rise of Harry Brook. Now, you know, Ben Stokes compared Harry Brook yesterday to Virat Kohli, and it's it's such a it's such a huge hyperbolic kind of shout. <laughs> On one level, but at the same time, I can see what he means because he's looking at he's looking at, um, at Harry Brook as a player whose technique really probably is so simple and so pure but so powerful that it, you think that it should transfer around the world. You don't think he's going to be a kind of horses for courses kind of pick. You, you know, we could we're we're looking at a kind of 10, 10 15 year talent really here. I I think, hmm. um, and that being the case, that creates middle order. Uh, and with Johnny Bairstow, you know, having been actually the 
you know, the main sort of fire starter for the whole thing anyway during the English summer, that he, he's got to come back in at some point. Johnny's never, ever uh, given up designs on those gloves himself. I just wonder if that's where the squeeze happens uh, and whether at some point England may have to make a decision going into next summer um, that, that Johnny gets those gloves back and, and, and blow, uh, you know, an already frightening batting lineup gets even more frightening. And it's wonderful to see you guys have won a couple of games, so you're starting to talk a lot, um, which, I, which I think is something that England are particularly good at. Um, n- not only are they compelling, entertaining, record-breaking rings, but Ben Stokes is now saying that doesn't matter. He's focused on the bigger picture. Um, so how good is it that he's both winning and saving the code of test cricket as well? <laughs> yeah, I must admit, when it... You know, uh, I kind of, on the one hand, I kind of think, well, fair play. I, you know, I respect that. And I, as someone that loves Test cricket above all other formats, it's, it's great to hear a, a captain talking like that. You wonder whether, you know, you look at the India over the last, the previous five to ten years and his power on the tits of everyone else who's listening to it. Um, you know, with England, this, uh, I think if there's one team aim to care about is entertainment. They claim to have parked the sort of notion of results and, um, and their, their mood isn't as influenced by results as it was previously. Um, but as I say, that's that's one of these sort of liberating mind tricks that at the moment is is really paying dividends. Um, you guys have won eight out of the last nine matches. Are you going to start saying something dumb like uh, that Australia are favourites for the Ashes or are you actually going to own up to what you've done and say that England should win 5-0, fuck off? <laughs> well, um yeah, uh, I've I've got to say I'm 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 really intrigued by the the Ashes series next summer. Obviously, there's a bit of cricket to come for them. There's one more Test in Karachi, and England have got two in New Zealand because um, we have to keep playing New Zealand. I don't know. This is some pact that was made that everyone we just owe each other cricket um, for the end of time till the end of time. Um, but yeah, it's funny because every every captain that, that sort of comes up against England always says, you know, it's all very well, but I like to see him do it against our boys. Um, <laughs> and uh, and um, so it will be fascinating to see how England go there. But but blimey, I mean, at the end of the last Ashes series, people are sort of thinking they're going to lose the next one at home. But this time around, it, I, it's an absolute box office series that's, good, that's been set up now, I think. Well, it's all very well, Ali, but I'd like to see him do it against our boys. Uh, thanks so much for joining us, mate. And uh, we, we'll, we'll speak to you soon. Yeah, it's okay, boys. Good to speak to you. Thank you very much to Ali. Wonderful to hear his voice again. All right, let's talk about Australia women and India women, indeed, in India. A great series so far, though, of course, we now must stop following this team because they've lost their first T20 game in 2022. But Australia won the first T20. It's an absolute fucking disgrace, mate. Australia won the first T20 by nine wickets. That made me feel good. I recognise these numbers. Beth Mooney, 89 red. Tali McGrath, T-Mac, 40 red. A nice story as well, Pez, for Kim Garth, who, deb- who debuted for Australia in this first game, having played for Ireland for nearly 10 years. Uh, she debuted in 2010 at the age of 14, you may recall. Right. Handy play. Uh, she quit Ireland in 2020, moved to Victoria, played for the Stars and the Scorchies. Per Scorchies over there, obviously for Victoria. <laughs> no, we saw him. We saw him <laughs> yeah, in the press box and it was, it was difficult. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Kim Garth, let me give you, let me give you some quotes um, in relation to possibly not playing for Ireland again. Was a big factor in how difficult the decision was to make. I knew what I was giving up, but at the time, I knew the strength of the domestic system here, being Australia, how strong the local players were. The WBBL was a big pull for me to become a local as they attracted top international players. Having played a few years in grade cricket in Australia, I have seen some of the lifestyle the girls live and play cricket every day for a living and not have to work other jobs at the side. 
It's something I really wanted to do and it was now or never type of thing. I knew it would. I think I was 23 when I made the decision. Take me a couple of years to become a local and if I left it any longer, it wouldn't be worthwhile. Uh, it was a difficult decision to leave my family behind, but I have no regrets now. Um, so that's a nice story. Have you seen the stuff with Shelly Nitschke uh, telling her in the team hotel that she's going to get a debut? It's nice. Ah, I love not, that shit. Not, yeah, it's nice stuff. It's yeah, nice stuff. I'm big on that. So she played in that game, in that first game that Australia won by nine wickets. Very, very safe, that sort of stuff. And then it all sort of fell apart. And now I just actually can't stand the sight of these girls. Um, <laughs> absolutely horrendous stuff because they've actually lost their first game in about nine years. I can't stand the sight of them. I can't stand the sight of them. Can't even look them in the eyes. Actually, there was also a nice thing of um, Elise Perry awarding Kim Garth her cap in that first game where she was doing some Catherine Kim stuff she was like kimmy look at me it was good you see it no yeah, it was very funny that's good uh anyway this this second game uh india won in a super over uh which makes it even more painful australia made one for 187 oh who got okay. the runs moons and team mac again 82 red 70 red you Not think enough. <laughs> india made that score uh mandana hit 79 and then India made 20 in the super over and Australia hit 16. Um, Phoebe Litchfield debuted in that game. Okay. Uh, as did Heather Graham, uh, the actress from so, um, Boogie Nights, um, who actually bowled Australia's super over. So, um, and so. Elisa Healy captaining for the yeah, first time. Yeah, Elisa Healy captaining. pretty cool. Yep. Uh, yeah, Smriti Mundana took down Heather Graham in the super over. Yes. So give her... Uh, Given the debutante, the uh, the super, the super over, over there, yeah, she was. She bowled. She was actually the most economical in the yeah, matches. So. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, uh, and yeah. So so Smriti took her down twenty runs, and I think Gardner got out first ball. Yeah, uh, and and just it just fell away. Yeah, uh, I think I some, Healy, col- some Healy, consolation runs for Healy at the end. Yeah. So like ten off the last two, but they needed right. sixteen, so not enough. Yeah, not enough. Um, but the main, thing, uh, the main thing is it was played in front of forty five thousand yeah. people yeah. in Mumbai. Yeah. Uh, that is incredible gear. I mean, Elisa Healy saw like had an incredible perspective about it mm-hmm. straight away. I think everyone was blown away by that. And uh, ahead of the women's IPL next year, where I think you know some franchises are slated to be going for fifty million in the one color, uh, Ooh, in the green back. Yeah, that is extremely good gear. That's so. Good gear. Um, I don't know. My understanding is I think Indians do enjoy when India wins, uh, and a lot of good stuff comes from that. I have seen that, yeah. yeah. I have seen that. Should we talk about Bangladesh India? So then? quite, in, in quite, that quite good from uh, heels from Midge to yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. knock that second ball down the yeah. mid after. I'll take one. Yeah, well, that, 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 that was the most. That was the most yeah. lucrative single she's yeah. ever hit. She was probably just wondering if Mitch is going to play the IPL. And she yeah. said, no, he's not. Okay, yeah. just come one. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> I'll do it myself. Get that green back yourself. <laughs> so, <laughs> so unharsh, <laughs> so unfair. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, a couple India, of tickets from the internet. Yeah, yeah. anyway, India, Bangladesh, Shane Kishan crowing about double ton or he lost a serious championship. <laughs> <laughs> nah, come on, come on, Bangladesh, come on, India. Come right, on. Bangladesh win that ODI series two one. Now I've got my notes here, Pez. I mentioned it last week. Mm. Okay, we'll do the India stuff in a second, but like India. In 2022, mm. lost the Test Series in South, in South Africa. They lost the same series attached, the, the early I series attached to that Test Series. They honestly, they lost the fifth Test in England, which was the, you know, fifth Test of that 2021 series. Yeah. They lost that. They didn't qualify for the Asia Cup final. They lost by 10 wickets in the semifinal of the T20 World Cup. They lost the ODI Series against New Zealand. They've lost an ODI Series against Bangladesh. That's, um, it's It's amazing. It's a, it's that, that, I mean, for Indian fans, that's, that's a, that's a lean year. That's a bad year. That's a really bad year. Um, but you know, Ishan Kishan hit 210 off 131. So, uh, they win everything forever. And Coley hit another 100 as well. That's his 72nd or some shit, uh, international 100. That's pretty good. But it was only against Bangladesh, doesn't really count. 
<laughs> See, I can have it both ways. Indy Did, made four hundred nine for eight, and Bangladesh made one eighty two in there. That's that's in the third. Yeah, didn't they? Didn't they like smoke Namibia or something as well in a, like a? Um, yeah, that was in the age. No, that was last year's World Cup. Last year's World Cup. That was a twenty twenty one World Cup. They got they, knocked they, out. They, they enjoy dead rubber win. Yeah, they're the worst team to play in a dead rubber. In they the didn't year. even make the semifinals in the twenty twenty one. T20 World Cup in the UAE, did they? Right. No, they didn't. Yeah. And they, I forget how they You'd have to it. imagine there's a bit of pressure on Rahul Dravid. But he loves yeah. pressure, he's the wall. Yeah, that's so. <laughs> so what? Yeah, no. <laughs> that's, that's how it works yeah. in cricket, isn't it? It's yeah. like, so. here's, this, here's this coach that has like manifestly, tangibly mixed results yep. bordering on poor. It's like, right. that they were a good cricketer yeah. in, when I was a child. Yeah, and he's got a good nickname. So, yeah. Mm, so. so. <laughs> <laughs> so they've got a two-test series, which starts tomorrow in Bangladesh. Um, right. Rohit Sharma is out with a thumb because in the second game, Rohit Sharma actually almost got them home. He, he either fractured or dislocated his thumb. He had to go to hospital and he came in batting at nine. Then he hit like 45 off about 10 balls and almost I got like them that. home. But he's got, a, he's got a seriously injured thumb. So he's out. So Kale Rahul will captain the side. Shul McGill is going to open the batting. Um, and it's going to be a debutante for, and I've never said this name before, so I'm going to get it wrong, but I apologise. It's Abimanyu Eswaran. Um, yeah, that, that's it. it. It, or East Warren, um, who was captaining India A in Bangladesh recently and did well. So he's been waiting in the wings. So he'll come in for row hit. But I mean, given that the success that Kohli and um, and Shastri had, and then since then, just the, the fall away has been, honestly, honestly, that, that, like, given the series they've lost this year, the fall away under, underneath Dravid and um, Rohit Sharma. Sharma. I mean, that's, that's a dramatic fall away. I mean, I don't know what to conclude from that other than they- I know, I know what to conclude. Yep. Yeah. It's the end of the Asian century. No, Coley captain again. Oh, okay. Let's okay. Go. Let's go. He's been waiting in the wings. He's yeah. been sort of pulling some strings no, behind him. I don't him. think anyone's saying it. <laughs> that's why, that, that's when you got to say that that's stuff. That's what you got to go on. That's when you got to say on, that let's stuff. Let's just have it. Yeah, let's, let's just have get it. them back. Yeah. Get the band I'm back sorry, together. sorry, daddy. I didn't appreciate you. Ganguly cap- yeah. uh, coach. Ganguly BCCI. BCCI. Just reinstate that. Okay. That's just aggression deluxe. I like that. Yeah. I like the old thing that Something. I knew. Kale Rahul was very calm. He's very he's, he's had a great test uh, year, I suppose. Yeah, eighteen months. Kale Rahul, mm-hmm. hundreds in England, hundreds in South Africa. I want to say mm. as well. Loves the gym too. Hates the, the squat. Yeah, loves a bit of Red Bull. Mm. All mm. that stuff. Okay. He likes Japanese food too. Hey, who doesn't? Smash That's a bit of sushi. Love, love have you ever Japanese. gone to a sushi restaurant and left full? Because I don't think I ever have. You know when you go to like a um, like in like in London, for instance, a yo sushi. You got like yeah. a sushi train situation, yeah. and there's plates there, and you're just yeah. racking up massive bills. You know, like it's just you, get, you go for like your five dollar plate, you go for your two dollar plate. I'm just I'm just eating so slowly that I'm never full, and before you know it, I've spent one hundred and forty two dollars, and I'm not really satiated. Yeah. I normally leave pretty full. There's a lot of rice yeah. going on. Yeah, a bit of rice a going of rice, on. Rice, so yeah, yeah. I, I, I want to go with you, but normally feeling pretty pretty done there, so. <laughs> we sort of run down a little uh, yeah. narrow laneway there, haven't we? <laughs> Hit the wall. Okay. How do we oh, turn around? Oh, the wall, so to speak. You're talking about Rahul Dravid? He'll never coach again. Um, all right, before we get into hashtag RCDC, we need to thank our dear friends at Manscaped. Use the code TGC for 20% off. I don't know. I don't know who needs to hear this. You know how many people start those sentences? I don't know who needs to hear this. Yes, you do. It's people with enormous pubic hair. Yep. Yeah, yeah. No segue this week. It's no, just, just if you're a bloke with fucking long old pubes. And you, and you don't have a significant other, but you want one, and you want to buy yourself a little Christmas treat, 
go to manscaped.com and buy a significant other. And you're just not sure, sorting she should yourself be, she out. Should be, she, she should be buying it for you. Or it's if not you, a responsibility. Or, no, wait. If, no, wait. If you haven't got her a present, buy this for yourself yeah. and tell her that I'm doing a service for you and she'll actually thank you. Yeah. She'll say thank you. Normally how it works. <laughs> that reminds me of that uh, talking dog at the Queen Victoria building in Sydney, <laughs> voiced by John Laws. <laughs> have you seen that talking dog? Yes, I have. I, lad. <laughs> I, I reckon I know it yeah. word, but I just need to get the start of it. Uh, hello. My name is Ilad. I was once the companion and friend of the great Queen Victoria. Because of the many good deeds I've done for deaf and blind children, I have been given the power of speech. If you cast a coin into the wishing well now, I will say thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Rolf! Rolf! Now, what we don't understand is that a lot of those coins now uh, can be used because I, I don't know if you can still cast those coins if that money does go to um, the good deeds for, for deaf and blind children or right, whatever, where right, those coins right. go. But if you, you do, if you do have some discretionary coin, you can actually start shaving your pubes with them. Um, and it is t- t- the season for clean balls. Fa la 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 la. Our friends at Nanscape, they're helping you clear your driveway for safe travels this holiday season. From stocking stuffers to gift exchanges, Manscaped's products are at the top of every wish list. Grab some crop mops for your pops <laughs> or the shampoo for your boo. Be yeah. the star of gifting season and help all the men in your life go from eggnog to nice hog. This December by going to manscaped.com and using the code TGC for 20% plus free shipping. Nice hog. Nice hog. All right. Hashtag RCDC is brought to you by Ponting Wines. Oh, Pontingwines.com.au. Use the code get a few at Pontingwines.com.au. Shiraz. And indeed, we had a lovely glass yeah. of Shiraz. Now, yeah. of course, Pez and I, when we, when we flew into Adelaide, straight at the back of the, of the members there, straight at the back, we're having a couple of lagers and it was really, really nice. A little bit dusty the next day. Okay, sure, the Adelaide show is a matinee show. It's 12 o'clock. Did I feel like a Shiraz? No, I didn't. By the second sip, it went down a real treat. A real I'm treat. not even lying about really that. Really smooth. It, I'm not even lying about that. Actually, yeah. was uh, the first sip, I got to tell you, razor blades because yeah. I just wasn't up for it. Yep. I don't think I'd even had breakfast. Yeah, I think we didn't get a co- and we went to get a coffee. So oh. my, the second thing we, I could we, we that gave day, it a, that's the spirit. We, we had we enjoyed Adelaide the evening prior. Yeah, we did. We enjoyed we Adelaide, did. The and we did a review prior. outside right. there, outside of, outside of bar there. Yep, um, we got that up. You know, teacher saying never sleeps, never rests, never dies. Mm. Um, but then you know, a nice glass of Ponting's wine. Uh, Ponting wines that was actually one of the treats of the show. Yeah. Anyway, we'll be drinking Ponting wines at uh, Brisbane as well with with JL on stage there. Uh, come along to that show. So JL, JL will get involved as well. He'll 100% as as get involved. Yep. Um, I forget who I guess is in Melbourne, but I think he'll probably have a glass of his own. Yeah, I'll, let me d- I'll double check who's actually joining us yeah. there. And then in Sydney, well, Watto, oh, we, we, yeah. know, we know Watto's penchant for a nice, uh, he, he nice red. It. Yeah, he likes a bit of rouge. He hates um, it. He, yeah, he hates a plonk. <laughs> he hates a plonk. And if you hate a plonk, pontingwines.com.au, use the code Get a few. Use the code Get a few, And seriously, do that because it is the season. Tis the season. All sorts. The, the I think we had the we had the pinnacle. We had the pinnacle Shiraz, didn't we? We had the pinnacle Shiraz is what we did. Okay. Um, all right. Hashtag ask TGC. Anon wrote in. But I have a dilemma I'm hoping you can help me with. As you know, 
The southern part of Australia has two seasons, AFL season and cricket season. My eight-year-old son and I moved on from kicking the footy in the backyard to having a stick at the end of the day. In the winter, this involves me drilling past the team from five metres away, thinking I can actually kick. In summer, it involves me bowling off spinners from five metres away, thinking of a comeback to cricket as a spinner because I am getting an eight-year-old to play and miss with drift and turn. Last night, something happened that I need your help with. He had just got me out, and it was his turn to bat. I bowled the first ball to him and he played a really nice shot. I encouraged him with those amazing words of, nice shot, mate, and grabbed the ball and went back to bowl to him again. Just as I was about to walk into bowl, I heard him say out loud, I love cricket. (laughs) These three words stopped me in my tracks. I started to panic. My mind thought of hot days in the field, constant disappointment, toxic male behaviour that bordered on harassment, either mental and or sexual. The stress of having to take a plate for afternoon tea and the thought of that plate being scrutinised and ridiculed just because lettuce was added to an egg sandwich. (laughs) I stood there at the top of my mark, staring into the distance. The thought continued so long that it was broken by my son saying, are you going to bowl it or what? What are you thinking about? (laughs) Holy shit. Should I continue to encourage this? Should I continue to teach him to keep a straight arm when bowling or let him keep throwing it? Should I continue to tell him to get his front foot to the ball when batting? Am I sending him down a path of disappointment and frustration? Or is what I'm doing a good thing? Will it actually keep him away from the game? My father never did any of these things for me. Was this the reason I turned to cricket to fill the void of his absence? Cheers. Mm. They say, uh, what do they say, mate? That like, you know, one brings two. (laughs) Well, I was going to talk about this, like the psychologists who subscribe to attachment parenting, attachment theory. And that's essentially one brings two, you know, one, one attachment style brings, um, two psychological problems. But, um, (laughs) but those attachment styles, I don't fully know. (laughs) Think about a receptionist saying that in the therapist's office. It's kind of wordy, but yeah, you sort of he's like tell me tell me about yourself or share, and you like, oh, that's one bring one brings two. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, one brings two. Yeah, attachment. This uh, bloke's got no idea. I just want to believe you, boys. <laughs> what do you have? Like you have insecure attachment. You can have secure attachment. You can have anxious attachment style, and it kind of basically creates a software and the architecture of how you live your life. You know, if you've um. If you've got a couple of problems knocking around your life, you know, relationships, etc., yep. blame it on your parents' first three years, architecture, software download, they did it, their fault, etc. Perfect. Um, and if you outsource parenting to cricket, as, as this guy's uh, wondering Oof. about whether or not to do. It's a cruel mistress. Yeah, I think that's going to create an anxious attachment style. Right. You know, that's what, that's what cricket, if cricket was a parent, uh, it would, it would, it would leave you with anxiety forever in all your relationships because yeah. you can never win. You're never good enough for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it you um, you fail regularly. Uh, it um, is cruel, and it leaves you a nervous wreck. You know, whenever you go to play, and so um, I don't think a non is actually asking this, but I've turned it that way anyway. Mm. Uh, I think that <clears throat> if he wants his son, child, uh, son to grow up with those attributes and facets or whatever he's eight years old so the architecture is already there then um then yeah like absolutely invest in cricket cricket would be good for him i mean anon's already aware of it but there is no respite like even literally the um 
the solace of a tea break where you can just calm down and you sit down and the, the whole prism of that mm. break is to literally get off the field and enjoy a cup of tea and bond with probably the opposition. That was probably the origins of that yep. uh, as a civil activity in a pastime that existed mm. before, you know, films were open on or cinemas were open on a Sunday, mm. as an example, where they're probably burning witches and, and whatnot. <laughs> witches hats, I mean. <laughs> burning witches hats on the square because it was a bit of a damp Had spot. snuff films <laughs> as well. <laughs> <laughs> this was all before then. But if you bring a shit tea, unfortunately, 22 blokes are going to let you know about yeah, it. He's definitely he's definitely added uh, some lettuce to an egg sandwich before. <laughs> Just making an egg sandwich. Oh, so he's go- what, are, what, are we, what are we looking at in the house here? Oh, yeah. Oh, here's, here's some egg. Yeah. Here's some bread. I mean, I don't know. Or, or like, or- <laughs> Why are you sledging it now? This is his point. He can't escape it. I know. That's it. Isn't that the point? <laughs> yeah, I guess don't it we is. Sort of exact, don't we sort yeah. of pile on the misery? Oh, is, yeah, is yeah, that, I see. Yeah, isn't yeah. that the idea? Yeah, yeah. I love that it's a really uh, vivid scene, though, that, you know, he, he's like, it's a great shot, mate. And then he's, he's like walking back on yeah. a beautiful summer's evening yeah. or whatever, and then he just hears the words, I love cricket. Yeah. And he just fucking like freezes, <laughs> you know. And then and the, like the, the whole that, yeah. The, Hello, darkness, yeah, yeah. my old friend. It's like like black, black and white war footage of Vietnam War. Exactly. <laughs> <to me. laughs> He's a fucking melting into the ground. <laughs> How is that? Yeah. Dad? Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> no, nothing, son. Yeah. yeah. I, um, I am though I'm very keen for him to keep uh, teach him to chuck it because uh, we need that in the future we need that in the future just uh, tell him to wear long sleeves <laughs> the BBL starts today <laughs> good luck to all those involved <laughs> like it's a carnival um, alright thank you very much to Bredick thank you very much to Martin uh, and thank you to those that Martin. have come to our shows <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Martin <laughs> um, anything you want to say no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking out loud. Should we have a business meeting? I think because the, the test match starts on Saturday. Uh, I'm not sure when the third test match we'll starts do the in Pakistan. We'll do it after it finishes. Just yeah. before Christmas. So, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. We'll uh, be back after the test. See you later. <laughs>